You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am Dippy Hedron. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Dr. Vince Santonzi from the Hillsborough Community College Veterinary Technology Program. Here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions. And if you want to be a vet tech, he's the guy to ask all about it. So give us a call at 844-305-7800. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Ben, and he'll put you on the air with us. That's 844-305-7800. The show is produced here at the farm by Miss Lexi Lapp. Hi, John. Hi, darling. Hi. How you doing? Good. Very well. You look great. Thank you. Well, pick up the phone and give us a call. We have a special guest joining us. Her name is author Nancy Furtstinger. We're going to be talking with her about her book called Paws of Courage, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve. And we're going to be giving some books away as well, so stay tuned for that. If you call in, you can win one. It's appropriate because of the holiday, of course. But pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk with you. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Vince Santonzi. I'm Lexi Lapp. 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. Brought to you in part by SCOE 10X, the ultimate odor eliminator. That's SCOE10X.com. And Nutrix for your older dogs and cats. That's Nutrix, N-E-U-T-R-I-C-K-S.com. And this is... Talking pets. The only real friend he had was his dog, Arrow. Me and my arrow, straighter than arrow. Wherever we go, everyone knows it's me and my arrow. Me and my arrow. Nancy Fertziger is the author of nearly 100 books, a former managing editor for two children's publishing companies. Today, Nancy shares her home with house rabbits and two rescued pooches. Bosco Bear, a gentle ambassador for the Rottweilers who also loves to kiss the house bunnies, and Rosie Wager, uh, the Labrador Retriever, German Shepherd, Hound, and Rhodesian Ridgeback Mix, who is super smart and currently setting a world record for shredding toys. Nancy also volunteers, rescues, fosters, and finds new homes for pets in a variety of animal organizations. I want to welcome on to the program the author of Paws of Courage, National Geographic, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve, Nancy Furtzinger. Hey, Nancy, how you doing? We want to welcome you on. Am I saying your last name right? 
Um, fur stinger. Fur stinger. Okay, that's easier. Think fur <laughs> and stinger. Fur stinger. Okay, I'll get that one. So I want to introduce you to uh, Dr. Vince sitting here and, of course, Lexi, our producer. Hi, Nancy. Hi, great to meet you. Nice meeting you. Now, this is an appropriate book, of course. It's uh, good timing, by the way, you know, with the holiday here and uh, and all of the soldiers and all that protect and serve throughout the world. And uh, big thanks to the men and women and, of course, the dogs. And I kind of got to gotta ask you that question. When, when you wrote this book, do you come across a lot of people, like when they talk about wars and they talk about military and courage and so on and so forth, I, they always talk about the men and women, but I don't think the majority of people actually know what dogs do to protect us in this country. Am I right or am I wrong? I think you're correct. Um, I believe that is slowly starting to change thanks to um, the media and different books and um, people that are speaking out about their military work and dogs and talking about their courage and how, unfortunately, they are not eligible for any type of awards like a Purple Heart, um, even though they've gotten quite a few awards, but nothing officially. Now, is this book published by National Geographic? Yes, National Geographic published it, and it just came out last month. And it's available, I guess, online, of course, and um, also in bookstores? Right. I like to support uh, small local independent bookstores first, and but it's also available online or through the National Geographic website. Well, thank you for the small bookstores. I think that's very important. It seems like the little guy always gets shoved to the side these days. Exactly. So um, so it's nice that you're doing that. So uh, congrats on that. Um, Lexi, actually, my producer just pointed something out to me, which um, all week long I've had this book in my hand and I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> I love the cover of the book. It's Paws of Courage, and it, you've got a shepherd on the on the cover. But Lexi, actually, she took the cover off, and you've got some phenomenal photography on the actual hardbound cover of the book. Isn't that incredible? I didn't even realize that until the cover slipped off. Um, the cover dog is a dog called Leica. She looks like a German Shepherd, but she's actually a Belgian Malinois, which oh. is the um, breed that the military uses. Um, and these dogs are canine superheroes. They combine speed, strength, and courage. And um, we had, I believe, four possibilities for the cover and National Geographic has a panel of around 4,000 kids who voted online to select the cover dog and I think they did an awesome job and um, I became friends with the handler of Leica and he actually sent me a copy of my book with Leica's autograph on it. <laughs> nice. It's so amazing pretty- though. I, I, she really does look like a shepherd though. I mean that's when I looked at her, like that German shepherd. Yeah, they look like a smaller version of a German Shepherd. Um, um, Malinois are actually very attractive dogs. They're very cute dogs. They sure are. They're just extremely intelligent and um, not too popular as a pet, but I think that's changing as the military working dogs are gradually retired, and um, most of them are adopted by their former handlers, but about 10% are available to the general public who is carefully screened, and of course there's quite a long waiting list as I checked into it, and um, so I think we'll be seeing more of those breeds of dogs around. I see that your foreword was uh, written by the president of the U.S. War Dogs Association. Yes, and he wrote an extremely moving um, foreword about his dog during his time in Vietnam, which uh, uh, 
is a German Shepherd named Stormy, and unfortunately, um, the majority of those dogs were left behind after the war, um, which is no longer the case today, thankfully. Vince, you were actually in the military. Did you work around a lot of dogs while I was, you served? Um, not while I served, but as a vet, after I uh, retired from the military, I worked with the, uh, the the working dogs at McDill Air Force Base. And, um, in Tampa, uh, Florida. Yeah, in Tampa. And a lot of um, wonderful dogs. And the military puts a lot of money into those dogs. I mean, they get Cadillac treatment, and um, they are uh, they're really taken excellent, excellent care of. And they do a lot of work. They're great animals, do a lot of work, and we depend highly on those dogs uh, to for protection, to sniff out bombs, to go after the bad guys. Uh, they, they truly are members of the teams that protect and serve. Nancy, who did the photography for your book? Because you got a lot of great pictures in here. Well, as you know, that's a hallmark for National Geographic, great pictures. And um, some of the dogs I selected to profile, their photos weren't all that incredible. So unfortunately, that left them out of the book. And with all the research I did, I could have written four more books. But um, it was available. The photographs were from a variety of different sites. Laika, for example, appeared in the National Geographic magazine. So there was a huge uh, photo shoot of her. But most were available from um, their handlers. And then there's one dog called Moss who is a um, Newfoundland out in Italy. And this dog is absolutely incredible. He jumps out of helicopters. He's a canine lifeguard with the Italian School of Water Rescue Dogs. And he jumps out of helicopters to rescue swimmers in distress. So um, the gentleman who started the school in Italy sent us some photographs. And my photo editor at National Geographic happened to be um, taking a trip out to Italy, and she shot a few more of the photos for the book, so those were pretty cool. Nancy, hold on. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, of course, with Nancy Firstinger. She's the author of Paws of Courage. For the uh, number three caller, if you're the third caller to call in right now at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800, a copy of the book is yours. Compliments of Nancy, and you're listening to Talking Pets. <laughs> right back right after these messages stay tuned it's hard to find time for your furry family member that's where camp bow wow comes in all day play and overnight camp daycare and boarding for dogs everything is included large play areas for fun and exercise spacious cabins comfy cots even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone camp bow wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog for locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. He driving all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. You out here driving all the time. You never ever caught a rabbit. You ain't no friend of mine. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Vince Santonzi. I'm Lexi Lapp. 
Pick up the phone and give us a call, 844-305-7800. We're speaking with the author, Nancy Firstinger. She's the author of Paws of Courage, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve. It's published by National Geographic. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. But if you call right now, a copy of the book is yours. So give us a buzz at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800, and a copy of the book, Paws of Courage, is yours. Hey, Nancy, you know, it's really cool. I was looking through your book, and it's really cool the way you go all the way back to um, World War One, And, right. uh, you know, we, we generally think of the working dogs and dogs that are serving with troops and being mascots as a kind of a, a recent thing, but I guess it really does go back uh, quite a ways, doesn't it? Yes, it does. In fact, I um, profile Sergeant Stubby, who was a World War One hero. He was a pit bull mix, and... He was just an amazing dog. I think someone should make a movie about him. For example, dogs have extremely powerful noses. They're about 10,000 times more powerful than humans. And Sergeant mm-hmm. Stubby had sniffed out gas raid in uh, overseas in France during World War One, And unfortunately, the gas bomb had exploded, and it was just a terrible way to fight a war. It blinded his eyes, and it affected his respiratory system, so he never forgot that scent. And then as soon as he sniffed bombs that were about to fall out of planes, he um, gave a signal by putting his paws over his nose, and all of the soldiers in his troop quick rushed to put on their gas masks, and they even fashioned one for Sergeant Stubby and um, avoided you know, that nasty wow. uh, yeah. explosion. Nancy, what would you say is actually uh, the best dog that they would use for military in the, in the military or or enforcement? And um, I mean, and do they? It seems like it's always the bigger dogs, but do they use smaller dogs, smaller breeds? Well, ma- mainly they use the Belgian Malinois for military working dogs. But there is a really surprise dog in the book used during World War II, who was a Yorkshire Terrier. And they were so uncommon back then that the gentleman who purchased the dog from another soldier thought that it was a dizzy little poodle, and the dog's name is Smokey, and she was the perfect dog for the job she had to do, which was pull telephone communication wire through this narrow tunnel. So obviously, a larger breed like the German Shepherd would have never worked, but she did it. But um, it's really interesting that um, each of the dog's in the book that have different jobs are specifically uh, breeds selected for their occupations. Like the um, police use German Shepherds because they're very loyal and confident. And a lot of the search and rescue dogs are retrievers, Labrador retrievers are golden retrievers because they're intelligent and energetic and strong. And one thing I found really fascinating is that there's such a thing as an arson, arson detection dog. The dog's sniff out accelerants that are used to start fires, such as gasoline. And um, it's run by a an insurance company who has this school to train the dogs up in Maine. And they specifically look for lab mixes and shelters, the ones that are bouncing off the walls that have little chance of getting adopted. And then they take that high energy and they channel it into the job of uh, sniffing out arson, which is really incredible. You know, it's interesting because I, um, in my younger years, many, many moons ago, uh, we used to breed beagles for hunting, and I'll never forget this one beagle that we, you know, we bred and raised. 
if this if he saw a rabbit, literally he ran the other way. <laughs> um, so he just didn't work out. So we didn't use him. Like we we couldn't sell him, you know, as as a breeder, and we kept him then as a pet. And he wouldn't hunt because even if he heard a gun go off, like he would literally poop himself. Um, so it was like the craziest <laughs> dog. I mean, it, it was Charlie Brown's Christmas all over again. But what about with the dogs that that are like these military dogs that are trained? If they don't work out or something, where do they go? I mean, do they get adopted? Yes, they can adopt it, or they also can transition into different jobs, and some of them just don't have the right stuff to become a military working dog, or they get older or injured, and then a lot of them, um, like one that I profile in the book, his name's Spike, he was a military working dog overseas, and then he became a police dog, and um, his uh, former handler from overseas uh, had a, a very bad injury, and the handler's mother thought that finding Spike would help her son to heal. So she um, did a, a massive internet search trying to find Spike, and thanks to a tattoo that he had, they traced him to a police department, and he was working with a female police officer who did the unselfish thing, and she gave him to to the former handler, so he could act as a therapy dog for him. So they do go on to second careers, um, or they, when they retire, a lot of them become pets. I really like the idea that you uh, actually have a section in your book on other animals besides dogs, and we don't usually think about that. But you know, the the Navy's been using dolphins uh, for years, and I I love the the bit that I didn't know this that uh, you talk about rats being used to sniff out landmines by certain by some some uh, countries and that's yes, really yeah. amazing rats yeah the african pouched rats um w- wow i i just never never thought of that but uh that's a great idea because you can train animals to do anything and yes, you, uh, can. you know and um these rats are amazing i never knew about them either until i started doing some research they're about the size of a cat and they can clear around 200 square feet every hour, which would take a human 50 hours to clear that amount of space. So they're, um, they're, they work on harnesses, and they're trained with clickers to sniff out explosive chemicals. And then at the end of the day, they're rewarded with their favorite treats, peanuts and bananas. So That's rats amazing. are really yeah. smart. You know, it's it, it's inter- we got to go out to a break, but I just want to make a statement. It's interesting because we were talking before you came on, Nancy, about um, the Orlando shootings, and you know, I had a couple of friends that were shot, and one was killed, and it oh. makes. And now, when you go out into the clubs or the bar scene here in Tampa, even there's um, police with bulletproof vests, and they have the semi-automatics on them and everything. And, but I don't have yet to see any dogs. And when we come back out of the break. Would it, uh, your opinion, when we come back, um, would it, wouldn't it be a good thing to train some of these dogs to like maybe work at the front doors of areas like this for you know to sniff things out? And if so, how would they train a dog to do so? So when we come back, we'll find out. We're speaking okay. with Nancy Firstinger. She's the author of Paws of Courage, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve. It's published by National Geographic. Call right now, and a copy of the book is yours, 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. Three zero five seven eight zero zero. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Vince Santonzi. I'm Lexi Lapp. Talk and pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Yeah. 
Ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. Petey stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is not soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smell. Dynavite's the bomb. Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, and I had to start again. My children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away
God bless the USA and all the soldiers that fight to keep us safe in this country. And, of course, as we're talking with Nancy Firstinger, of course, the dogs as well. Her book is called Paws of Courage, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve. It's put out by National Geographic, and we have a couple copies to give away. So if you call right now, a copy is yours. 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. Nancy, as we went out to that break, I was talking about, for instance, you know what happened down here in Florida, but is now happening, well, not even now, it's been going on, but even more so now, um, around the world. I mean everything that we're seeing going on with terrorism and all, and, of course, ISIS. But is there a way to, like, we were just talking during the break. Like, we didn't, we very rarely see any dogs at airports um, or in front of maybe clubs or, like, nightclubs or theaters or anything like that where these, as I would put it, lowlifes will come in and, and cause destruction and hero, uh, horrific acts. Um, then... Where are those dogs, and can they be trained to sniff out like certain weapons or anything like that? Yes, dogs can sniff out practically anything, and I think it's a real shame that they're being underutilized. Um, you do see some in international airports, um, mainly a lot of beagles, actually, that are using their noses to sniff out illegal uh, narcotics, criminals, explosives. But um, dogs have been trained to... Um, sniff out explosives using Kong toys, which was really an incredible thing that I discovered as I was interviewing soldiers, that uh, the way they train the dog is that they hide the accelerant in a Kong toy, which in case anyone is not familiar, it's a, a big rubber hollow dog toy that can be stuffed usually with peanut butter. Right. Um, they usually peanut butter or treats. They use it for training purposes. Treat, and, but right. in this case, they use... Uh, play out it as a play object because it motivates the dog and they put an odor in it that has to do with with an explosive and then when the dog associates the odor with receiving the toy he uh, can sniff out the odor and eventually the toy is removed and the dog just works to find the odor so theoretically the dog can be trained to sniff out you know explosives or um any kind of ammunition that is going to be used in some of these horrific attacks that have been happening. Yeah, we need to see more of them at airports. Um, I, I haven't seen very many, and uh, I don't. I, I know that with the military, it costs them for each dog. It's about a ten thousand plus dollar investment. So perhaps it's a, you know, it's a cost thing. That's why we don't see you know two or or three of them. Uh, you know, at the airport, at the, uh, the security gate, every time we go to an airport, I don't know. But it's it's definitely something that should, I think, be used more in places like that um, to uh, to sniff things out. Hopefully I we'll agree. see more of that. Yeah, Especially since, um, well, a lot of the police dogs that they have nowadays wear these vests that are bulletproof and stab-resistant. They're canine vests. They're around $800, but a lot of uh, people are doing different fundraisers, including children, to get these uh, vests to help protect our police dogs with this body armor. And, yeah, um, great idea, because we had one just a couple of years ago here in Lakeland, Florida, where the police officer was, was killed and the dog was, was killed. The dog was shot in the chest, and a, a vest would have would have prevented that. That's what about really what, uh, what what about like wars like Afghanistan and Iraq? Our soldiers are out there in Syria and other parts of the world, 
and I've seen pictures in the news and you know photographs and stuff where these soldiers, men and women, actually befriend some local dogs, and that's like their best buddy. Yeah. And some of the soldiers I had heard wanted to bring them back to the states with them. Do you hear a lot about that, Nancy? I hear programs about um, that becoming more more and more frequent because if they leave them behind, they you know suffer the consequences, and also about former trainers who have to practically jump through hoops in order to adopt their uh, military working dogs who have retired. Like, um, for example, the dog portrayed on the cover, Leica, her trainer, Julie McDonald, specifically picked her out, and he wanted the most stubborn dog he could find because he thought that gave her an edge. And um, this dog was a true hero. She was only on the job for three weeks when she was shot searching for explosives and she saved her trainer's life and his team behind him. But as a consequence, she lost her right front leg, and she had multiple surgeries. You can never tell that she is a tripod dog, because if you look at YouTube videos, she runs like the wind. But he had a difficult time convincing the military to adopt the dog to him because he had a young son, a toddler at the time. And so he finally convinced them that she could transition into a family pet, and with great trepidation, he took her home and he put a muzzle on. Within five minutes, that muzzle was off, and she was rolling on the floor and kissing his son, and he calls her his uh, fur daughter, and she transitioned into a new career. She goes um, skydiving with Julian to test parachute dog vests that are being used for the military, so wow. That's it's amazing. just amazing what these dogs can do, and I think one of these retired working dogs from the military would make a great dog to, uh, you know, scout out locations to make sure that they're safe before people enter them, such as nightclubs. Yeah, you've got a great picture of the dog jumping out of the plane um, with the handler as well in your book. Well, you definitely got a lot of phenomenal photographs in this book and, and some great stories about different dogs and, like Dr. Vince said, about some other animals that are used for this practice. But um, before we say goodbye, Nancy, do you have like a favorite dog in this book or a favorite story? <laughs> Everybody always asks me that, and I won't play favorites, but I will tell you a dog that really um, touched my heart, um, and she was in the news just last month, so you might have heard of her. Her name is Brittany, and she was the ni- last surviving 9-11 dog oh, who wow, yeah. um, passed away earlier in June, but she was... Uh, a golden retriever, and she was nearly 17, which is just an amazing age. And she was around two years old when she and her handler, Denise Corliss, went on their first search and rescue deployment. And talk about baptism by fire, it was 9-11. So um, she was trained as a search and rescue dog, but unfortunately she was not able to use that at 9-11. Um, but she quickly transformed into a therapy dog. She saw a firefighter sitting on the curb, really rejected, with his um, head in his hands and extremely sad. And she tugged Denise over, insisting that she had to meet this firefighter. And she just put her head in his lap and um, became a comfort and therapy dog. And um, she had a great disposition. She was really confident and calm in stressful situations and she did go on to do search and rescue in a lot of other 
disaster areas such as Hurricane Katrina. But as she became older, um, she became quite arthritic, and she transitioned into a third career, and she became a read-in therapy dog at schools with first graders. She would let the children who were a lot of reluctant readers uh, read books to her without judgment like a human would. So she was just an amazing Nancy, dog. Hold, hold on to that. I'm going to hold you over the break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow the Pet Lady on Twitter at Pet Lady World. You can also learn more at the Pet Lady at thepetlady.net. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. your pets during 4th of July celebrations. July 1st was National ID Your Pet Day, a reminder to make sure your pets have identification tags before the holiday weekend. Hopefully you have, you have had an ID tag and microchip for your pet. Ahead of 4th of July celebrations, we wanted to remind you that loud noises can trigger anxiety in your pets and c- they could run away. There's there is usually an increase in shelter intake of runaways during the 4th of July weekend because so many pets are frigid by fireworks, frightened by fireworks. We need to stress the importance of getting your pets microchipped to ensure that if you if they do get out, they will make it back home. There are so many ways to help your pet deal with sensitive sensitivity to noise. There are other oral there are oral medications for pets with noise aversions and thunder shirts, vests and swaddle your pets to help make to ease their anxiety. It's important to think of your pet during the independent celebration. Always suggest leaving them indoors during the fireworks. Remember to visit www.talkingpets.com for more information and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hello. Reporting from Talking Pets, I'm Lexi Lab. Do you ever feel... A plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again. Do you ever feel this so paper thin, like a house of cards, one blow from caving in? Do you ever feel already buried deep, six feet under screens, but no one seems to hear a thing? Do you know that there's still a chance for you? There's a spark in you You just gotta ignite the light And let it shine Just on the night Like the fourth of July Cause baby you're a fire 
And happy holiday to everybody out there, and a big salute to our soldiers, our men and women, and of course our dogs that help keep us safe in this country. Pause of Courage is a book by uh, Nancy Furstinger. We're speaking with her. The book is published by National Geographic. It's true tales of heroic dogs that protect and serve. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. But if you call right now, we'll send you a complimentary copy. Give us a buzz, and you can speak with Ben. We'll get your information and ship it out to you. Compliments of the show. And, of course, Nancy, 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. Zero zero, Nancy. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but we were going out to a commercial break when you were talking about Brittany and all, and the, one of your favorite stories in in the book. So, but I would imagine the majority of the stories, if not all of them, are pretty much your favorites, right? Yes, they are. <laughs> it's hard to just select one. I mean, there's a lot of great information in here too um, about these dogs, and the one thing that that I love to see in books, and after 26 years, I've interviewed so many authors and all, but I love when they put foundation information in the back of the book, um, like organizations and stuff, because a lot of people wouldn't even know that some of these organizations are out there. Oh, I think that's really important to have in the back matter, and um, since most of the books I write are nonfiction, I always try to include several spreads on that for people who are interested in sniffing out more information. Uh, Big Life Foundation Tracker Dog Unit Detector Dog Program U.S. Department of Defense Military Working Dog School, uh, Dogs of Deployment, Gizmo's Gift, Italian School of Water Rescue Dogs, uh, Pets for Vets, we've had them on the show, Uh, the Sage Foundation for Dogs Who Serve, Search Dog Foundation, and of course um, the organization that uh, wrote your foreword, U.S. War Dogs Association. So if people are interested in finding out more about those organizations, you do list the information here for, for them to find it, which I think is pretty cool. But I did want to, I didn't want to rush out going there, but I did want to thank you so much, Nancy, uh, for coming on to the show of Talking Pets. And thanks for sharing your book with us. It's, of course, a very timely time to have you on. And um, it's a great book. I love the photography. It I is a great story, Nancy. Yeah. Wonderful Thanks book. so much. I really enjoyed being on the show and chatting about one of my favorite topics, dogs. <laughs> Sounds good, and happy holidays. Have a great weekend. You too, and stay safe. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye, Thanks. Nancy. Bye-bye. That's Nancy out there, and the cover, uh, the it, the book is called Paws of Courage, and it's put out by National Geographic. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online, so we highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, it's True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve, and, of course, it's by Nancy Furstinger, and uh, the forward is by Ronald uh, L. Ielo, and uh, president of the U.S. War Dogs Association. So, great book, and um, and a very timely book, like I said. Oh, it's a wonderful book, and the pictures alone are just, wow, just beautiful pictures, great stories, heartwarming stories. Well, we highly recommend that you go get it, but like I said, we're giving a couple of copies away, so if you'd like one, you got to call 844-305-7800. So, John, I'm having a hard time reverting back to calling German Shepherds German Shepherds. Because when Dr. Lisa and I were in... Um, now, you were in France we recently. Were in, we were in Strasbourg, and that's in Als- Alsace, which is a sort of a, right on the border of Germany and France, and it's been it's gone back and forth over the centuries as to who who's controlled it. And naturally, when we walk around, we see people walking their dogs, we stop and talk to them. And, and uh, there was a lot of folks that had German shepherds. And this one woman, we said, um, wow, it's a beautiful German shepherd, and... She like almost bit our heads off. She was like, "It's an it's an Alsatian. It's a mistake when people call them German shepherds." It's she a what? Us, an Alsatian. 
So German shepherds, I, I guess, originally came from the Alsace region. And so they're originally they were called Alsatians, and then somehow the name was was bastardized into German shepherds, but they're really Alsatian shepherds. Isn't that interesting? And there's no difference whatsoever. I never heard that before. Ever. Yeah, I, I, I didn't either. I mean, I'd heard of Alsatians. I thought it was actually a separate breed, but uh, it's it's not. It's just a it's just the original name for German shepherds, and what they apparently, well, according to the Alsatians, anyway, believe that they should be called Alsatians. Well, the next two callers that call in right now to the show, 844-305-7800. We're going to set you up with Paws of Courage, True Tales of Heroic Dogs That Protect and Serve by National Geographic. Call, and Nancy Firstinger's book is yours. Next two calls, 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. Don't forget, spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. If you're looking to adopt a pet, go to your local animal shelter or your rescue group and adopt one from there. And again, a big shout out to all of our soldiers out there that protect and serve and keep us free from harm here in, in our country and around the world, actually. So, um, And of course, to the dogs as well. And the other animals that serve, too, as we found out today. Yeah. 844-305-7800. Check out our website at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com. And join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hello. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Vince Santonzi. I'm Lexi Lapp. And bye for now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.